Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Black Doula Podcast with myself, Sabia Kashmir Wade, aka the Black Doula. Today's episode, we are featuring Lauren Lavelle, and we'll be talking about fat bodies. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sabia. What's going on? Listen, we, prior to our recording, we talked for like 45 minutes, so we're both... <laughs> We're both kind of pumped and trying to like... <laughs> we got to start like we are just beginning. Now, Lauren, I know you and I've luckily gotten a pleasure to know you even more. So we're going to be friends forever. But <laughs> can you introduce yourself to our good people? Absolutely. My name is Lauren Lavelle. My pronouns are she, her. I'm located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania currently. I am a full-time fitness instructor online because that's where we are right now. <laughs> and I focus on inclusive fitness, fitness that feels good, that feels joyful and really incorporates movement for all bodies. So let's see, how did you get into this work? Yeah, really interesting. I grew up like the very typical uh, chunky kid. Like, just straight up, was not athletic. I w- did not do any sports. Um, I was a nerd. I am a nerd. But I was definitely, <laughs> like, a nerdy kid who did, like, extracurricular, like, work um, instead of extracurricular sports. And I spent um, most of my time in school dodging PE, dodging all those sports. That was my, that was my cardio, getting out of doing Um, And then when I was 19, I started working out and I, I definitely didn't approach it in the healthiest way when I started. It was not a health promoting activity for me. It felt like a way of shrinking myself and changing who I was because I feel like a lot of people go through that at 19, but um, I, I just felt like really like I wasn't doing it for my health. And then I realized how much I loved moving that didn't involve me having to change the way I looked. I was like, man, I wonder if there's like something to that. And so I started investigating a little bit more on movement practices. And I became a bar teacher because my first bar class, I realized it kicked my butt. And all the advertising I had ever seen about it, it was like very thin, long, lean white women. And here I am like, a short, stout black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, well, people should see me doing this. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like, I felt like the other people could use something different to maybe motivate them to jump into it or try it. Um, so I became a teacher and then I became a certified personal trainer and that's where we're at right now. Yeah. So let every, I want to let everyone know that I took one of your bar classes. So we, <laughs> We had a a virtual retreat earlier in January called Reclaiming Our Bodies. And Lauren came and blessed us with a bar session. And so (laughs) in that session, all my muscles were on fire. Um, And that's okay, because I'm also the type of person who likes to do like strength type of building stuff. So it was good for me. But the thing that I realized like quickly, like while I was doing it was that like I never especially like when I heard about bar, I was living in California. And so oh, yeah. as I was living in California, you know, you know how California is. It's like, well, that's where I'm from. Born yeah. and raised. Oh yeah. So salads, health, <laughs> everything is like super like healthy or whatever. Yeah. I, I had one client that would go to bar 
At first, I didn't even know what bar was. I'm like, okay, Same. what are you even talking about? And then two, when I did get to realize what bar was, and I was like in a space as like a Black woman, non-binary woman, someone who was like, you know, got some curves and stuff. I was like, I don't know if that's a space for me because I don't see myself in this space. So I literally really didn't do a bar class until I got the mirror and did it virtually. Um, and then my first like live interaction in bar was with you. And I was like, I've never seen a person of color, especially a person of color who is not like super skinny and thin instructing this. And like this, that not being able to see that in the instructor has kept me away from ever doing the exercise, like, like doing the practice. So it's like, one, thank you for being in that space, right? And like opening my mind and expanding it. But there's also like this other piece that I wonder about, like with you being a person of color and being in this world, like have you dealt with difficulties? Like, I don't know, getting into the work, getting into like, I just imagine that for you is also like isolating probably in a way to be a person yeah, of color in sure. that work. Yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting because like you said, bar is this very um, yoga pants mom type of <laughs> vibe. And like, I love that and I'm here for it, but I'm, I just don't fit that stereotypical look. Um, so saying that I was the first live bar class he came to makes me feel really excited. I love when people feel comfortable enough to take my class because they feel some kind of connection to me. And I think that that's been important. But yeah, there's been many times where I'm in a live class in person or online, and I'm the only person of color. And it's kind of weird because I'm like, oh, I'm teaching this class and I'm not teaching it to anyone who feels like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I definitely have, I, I have people who are in larger bodies, people who are fat, like come to my classes, but most of the time they are white. Um, and so there is definitely still a gap and I'm looking to try to bridge that a little bit more and bring this to more communities of color, because I think that the low impact and that high burn feeling Mm -hmm. can just be so good. You, you only need your body. You really don't need anything else. And um, that burn, that burn. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that, right? Because you still, you'll still be okay. And I was just talking about this, but there's a difference between pain and discomfort there's levels of pain as we know and bar you're like wow I can't I don't know if I can do this anymore and then it's over there's a little stretch and then you move on and I think that that can be so good for getting into your body if you feel disconnected for your from your body something like that is really good for reminding you like oh damn like I have some legs and they are on fire right now (laughs) um and, and and then they're okay but um so yeah I've definitely felt isolated in this work and I try to really I guess that's why I have made myself more visible because I want other people to feel like if this is something that they're after that they should do it for sure and I and I want to like I want to talk about the like reclaiming the word fat because I've been doing that a lot and like I too like was especially like in the last couple years I feel like in the last couple of years, I've seen it more. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of like, when do I say it? How do I say it? Like, is someone going to be offended? Are they on the track of reclaiming that word? And like, so it's yeah. a very like touch and go thing. But I guess like what has been your journey with the word fat? 
I think I'm still definitely developing on that journey. And I think it's worth putting out there that uh, I still have a ton of privilege within my body. I, I can call myself fat and say that I'm a small fat or on, you know, on that spectrum of being fat. But the reality is I can walk into Target or Athleta and buy my clothing because it's there in the store. And it might be an extra large and I might literally have to fight someone for the very last one. But it's going to be there. And that is a privilege not afforded to all bodies. And um, even the the ability to try something on in the store is not afforded to all bodies. Um, But I think it's important to check in with the word fat. And I have no problem using that, especially if someone comes to me describing themselves that way. I'm super comfortable then using it with them. I think I still tiptoe on the boundaries because some people aren't ready for that conversation, right? Some people aren't ready to acknowledge that body diversity has nothing to do with how hard you're working or your worth. Like it just Mm -hmm. is what it is. Um, But for me, like if someone calls me fat, I'll be like, and what? Like, and, Mm -hmm. and what else? Um, It's not something that I feel like I'm internalizing a lot of pain around anymore. It's, it's more something that, it makes it difficult when you're like trying to be in the fitness world because it's very highly based on aesthetics at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're, we're making headway there. And I think that I'm among some really wonderful, wonderful people who are in bigger bodies than I'm in who are doing this work and just being like, yeah, I'm showing up. Like <laughs> come to class or don't like, we don't need to talk about it. I also feel like you being in Philly, there's a, Specifically, there's like a couple of people that I can name in my brain that are like really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like spearheading the whole like fat bodies and movement type of thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I'm also thinking about is like that intersection between being fat and being a person of color. Oh yeah, um, lovely here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since you made that, that face, can you kind of express what thoughts come up when you think about that intersection? Yeah, I feel like especially in fitness, you're only allowed to have one, right? You're, mm-hmm. you, you, I'm checking too many boxes for people. And I guess that, you know, a lot of people feel that way, especially with queer identities as well, like throwing that on top of it or religious or disabled. Like there's a lot of other things that could be happening, but to be a black woman in even we'll say a non-thin body or a non-traditionally fit body, even if I wasn't fat or like noticeably fat, people um my body is still under an extreme amount of scrutiny because I'm very visible because I'm very different and so it has definitely taken some time I'm not the most put together person I'm not someone who gets dressed for aesthetics I get dressed for comfort (laughs) so the idea of being highly visible and like completely uninterested in how I look is very novel to some people um (laughs) they are Some people are really here for it. They're like, yes, we know we can come completely as we are. And some people are just kind of like, this person is a mess. (laughs) And they're right. (laughs) But I think that, yeah, having that intersectional identity there has been really eye-opening for some people. I think they look at me and they realize, oh, wow, like I have never taken a group fitness class with a Black instructor. Or I have never taken a group fitness class with someone who has a bigger body than me. Mm-hmm. And how do I feel about working out and learning from someone who's bigger or fatter than me? Mm-hmm. And that's really like, oh, can they teach me something? Like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. And it's like also like was coming up for me and like so in my personal experience, just like as a person growing up in the world, like as a child, you see all these things around like what fitness looks like, what's beautiful, what's, you know, acceptable, so on and so forth. And what's not, quote unquote, beautiful, what's not, quote unquote, acceptable. And, you know, I think like me, especially being like a black, dark skinned person, um, it was like consuming this information and also like looking at myself and being like, well, I think I'm beautiful, but this is not what the media is telling me. And like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, it's like you're absorbing this message, but also having to deconstruct it at the same time. And like, even when it comes to like fitness and health, like that message has always been like thin, sculpted, you know, strong yeah glistening muscles glistening muscles yeah owned like all of that so like am i especially now like and like i'm 32 because you know when you're in your young 20s you know your body just it it stays like you know pretty small because you just have this you know metabolism you're out doing all the things you you get into your 30s and you're like maybe you're broke and you're not eating as much as you should be exactly (laughs) it's like when you get into your 30s they're like things settle you eat a burger and you can see it sitting on your hip the next day and you're like oh okay but but like I guess in my process what I'm saying is like I've had to unlearn like Uh even the messaging that I told myself around like being fit now that I work I work out now more than I have probably in the last like few years honestly but I'm also like the largest that I've been right and like so it's been like this like you know untangling of like probably the most fit I've been in a while but also like size-wise the biggest that I've been and so yeah. like with you I'm wondering if like you had to do any type of like unlearning in the process like just your own personal work around mm-hmm. like who who is strong who is the right one to like am I the right one to like to teach this like I imagine that I'm assuming but because yeah. we kind of were linked I imagine that there is like some imposter syndrome because of the things that you've absorbed and the things mm-hmm. you have to unlearn and then being a public figure and having to like put that like new material, a new way of existing into the world through your own body. Yep. Yeah. It's been, it's been a wild ride that, um, I mean, there are still days where I feel like maybe my body is not good enough to be doing the job that I'm doing. Um, and talking about unlearning, I, I, I identify as a black woman. My I'm mixed. My mother is white. Like my grandmother is white. So all of the women that were around me were white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that made it even a little bit more complicated. And I recently talked to a friend about this. Uh, we it like came out. We like published a little thing about it. But really, my my pursuit of thinness and this ideal body was to bring me closer to whiteness and the privilege that came with these ideal bodies. And the reality was no matter how much I work out, no matter what I do to my hair, what I do, anything, I'm never going to be in a white body. So then all of the stuff beneath that started to kind of fall away because you're like, wait, okay, if that's not true, then what else isn't true? And maybe it's not true that all fat people are unhealthy. Maybe it's not true that you can't be fat and strong or you can't be thin and unhealthy or like all the things that we've been set up to believe once you start tearing at some of those they kind of all start revealing themselves so mm-hmm. for me it's a daily practice almost a daily practice I, I think about it when I'm not moving when I'm moving I feel great I love what I do I love my job I feel good at my job 
Um, but it's the times where I get quiet and I think maybe this isn't for me or maybe I'm doing something wrong or maybe I need to change to be taken seriously. And none of the facts have lined up that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm being really, taken seriously. Obviously, because I've been following you since before the virtual retreat, because I was like, I want to see somebody who looks like me. I want to see someone who's not trying to, you know, shrink to a size that is not actually comfortable or healthy for their body. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like also the thing that comes up for me is like there's this connection to like aligning with whiteness for sure in the in the in the fitness world in any world right like I mean honestly but (laughs) but there's also um specifically in the fitness world this like connection to capitalism right where like if, if if we're all convinced that we need to be this certain size and look this certain way we'll like buy the things that we think are going to get us there yeah the language of investing in yourself yeah <laughs> right like investing in yourself in like wellness like mm-hmm. and health and I mean I'm throwing wellness in here wellness is not innocent um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wellness wellness is a little less like obvious than fitness but it's just as tied into that capitalist belief that like if we just keep throwing money at these problems they will solve problems but the problems may not have been problems to begin with that part and I think that like that's the important part because like when you're you know even myself looking at my body right I'm like is something actually wrong here or am I just kind of like getting this message from somewhere else and then I'm thinking that I need to put a waist trainer on and and drink this drink and do this thing and whatever and it's like actually nothing's fucking wrong I've definitely been trying to do that switch around like one like telling myself how cute I am and then two and that like you know as who I am right now is great but two really focusing like with that shift of focusing like my movement around like how it makes me feel has motivated me to work out more than any other time when I was like I need to lose this weight or do this thing just being like hey I'm gonna get up work my ass off for an hour because afterwards I'm just going to feel great Uh has like allowed me to like reclaim that part of myself and like really I guess I kind of reclaim movement Absolutely. That's joyful movement. Yes. That's that joyful movement. Yeah. And it's intuitive and it feels good. And it feels like you could do it no matter who's watching. If no one's watching or if Mm -hmm. everyone's watching, it still feels worthy. And that's why like it's joyful. And that's why it creates better habits. I totally agree with that. Um, Mm -hmm. When you're you're talking about those problems, I also want to like for anyone who is maybe in that cycle, like, even though those messages may not be real, and even though these, like, standards are created by people to sell you things, it doesn't make those feelings feel any less real. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, like, you still feel like, oh, should I get out, should I bust out this, like, waist trainer? Like, yeah, because it's very real that so many of us are being measured by what our waist looks like and we're being given opportunities with or with you know whether or not we look a certain way so it is very real there are real reasons that people want to look some type of way but the more people who come over to the side of like oh maybe that's made up Mm -hmm. the more flexibility and freedom there is in this space for people yeah and like 
speaking of that, you have these thoughts come into my brain like you do, which is why we were talking for 45 minutes. Why we got a little off track. (laughs) But but I think like what you're saying um, is so important around, like one of the things that I say a lot is like, they're probably like in these spaces and systems and everything that's around us, there's not necessarily like a space for me at the table, right? Like people are not looking for this Black queer non-binary woman, dark skin, you know what I mean? To come into this space and like have a seat. The seats weren't made for me to sit in, right? But I've been like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to make my own table. (laughs) And like, I'll invite the people to my own table and we'll do the things that we do in this space. Um, And I think like what you're saying around, like one people's feelings around how they look aesthetically is so real. But then also like that other part about, you know, it's real, but is it accurate, right? Like, is it factual? It really, to me, it really speaks into like us, especially like fat bodies specifically, not looking to fit into these spaces that really weren't made for them, right? Absolutely. Like this yeah. space wasn't made for you. So every time you're in that space, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, because yeah. like none of the material, none of the language, none of it was really made for you. And so that leads me to your work of being like, you're really creating that space for people to feel at home and for it to be a space that is speaking to people of different sizes and different looks and aesthetics and all of that. And one, to thank you for that, because I think like it's so important <laughs> as we move along Thanks. in the world, yeah. and, like setting that as a tone. Um, but also too, to acknowledge, like, I'm sure that comes with a lot of work and stress for you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think that, I think you like definitely hit the nail on the head where it's like, I kind of felt like it wasn't there. So I just did my own thing long enough for people to be like, I want to do that too. Um, and I will definitely, I'm not going to call myself like a pioneer of this work or anything like that. I feel completely in my own lane and I feel so happy to cross paths with other people who are doing similar things. But um, I definitely don't feel the pressure of carrying an entire movement. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I have released that pressure from myself and just show up as I am. The people who are here for it, they know me. They're here for it. If you're not taking class with me, move on to the next person there's no hard feeling that's real life like we all do that um and I think it's been that's been very freeing for me just being able to show up as myself I created a business and a platform completely based around who I am and so it never really gets that tiring it's tiring because I'm interacting with people it's tiring because I'm creating content Mm -hmm. and I'm planning classes but it's not tiring because I'm pretending to be someone that I'm not. Listen, you got to preach. When people, <laughs> when people ask me about my business, they're like, oh, you have these businesses. And I'm like, I literally created the businesses in the way that works for me. Like it literally yeah. is, is like the reason why people can feel the good presence and good energy is because I made something that works for the things that I need in my and life. And you loved it. And, and I loved, loved it. it. Yeah. So it's like, listen, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's still, it's the same though. It's the same. It goes back to your workout, right? You love it. Like you feel good about it. So you do it. And that's the same with your business. There's these same models that if you're coming from a place of love or a place of like respect and joy, these things become so much more attainable and maintainable for you. Exactly. It's very sustainable when you love what you do. And it comes with its hardships for sure. (laughs) For sure. But sure. You're more willing and more prepared and you have more energy to get through whatever obstacles that may come 
knowing that is based off of something that you love and it, it aligns with what what you need in your life right mm-hmm. and like so one of the things that I have questions that I have because before we were talking we well before we got on here we were talking about the racial wealth gap and so I'm not going to get into that I mean that's a whole thing but yeah, that's, a separate, that's a separate podcast that's a separate podcast but it kind of got me thinking about like a racial like fitness gap like a racial mm-hmm. movement gap and like so I have many thoughts on this I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to sum it up yeah throw them all out <laughs> but one I think like in a way in a way fitness has become somewhat of a privilege to like really be to be active in it right like to be Absolutely. like like yeah. some people are like, I work out two or three hours a day and like I hit the gym and I like. Yeah, you're like, who has time with that? Like time for that. Time. Like, what? Why? Like, how do you do this three hours a day? Like, do you have a job? Like, you just have the ability to go and go to this fancy gym that's, you know, wherever it is. And do that. you have a personal trainer like that's I mean, that's a, a privilege within itself. Uh-huh. And and I also think specifically for like black and, and brown bodies, right, that there's these disparities. I mean, like even sleep is a disparity for black and brown people. And I know it has to be some type of statistic around fitness probably being a disparity. Um, Absolutely. And so, like, with that, I know one of the things that you're doing on your platform is that you have your online membership. Uh And, you know, when I'm thinking about that, you can talk about that in a little bit. I feel like it's kind of closing a gap and making, like, fitness more accessible. One, like, affordability. One, like, being able to work out from home. Virtual stuff really does create a lot of access for a lot of people. Um, And three, for people to see people that look like them. So... (laughs) But I guess like my question is like, how do you feel like we can kind of close that, that fitness gap and like what your work does and however you want to answer that? Yeah, I, um, that, that is a big motivator for me being in this space as well, because I grew up with a single mom. I had really, really great, helpful grandparents. Um, so what could have been hard times wasn't because there was a lot of love and a lot of like working together, but there still wasn't a lot of money. So stuff like, you know, casually, even like we talked about, like I wasn't 40, but I also wasn't, wasn't feeling like I could try things and not like them because my mom, I felt like my mom didn't have the money to put me into something that I didn't really, really want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even that was like, you know, are you sure you want to play soccer? Like, no, I don't know. Like I'm seven. I don't know if I want to play soccer. So maybe not. Um, But I didn't really feel like there was a lot of flexibility around because you know, youth sports are extremely expensive. Um, going to the gym and then maybe there's this feeling of like, I have to be wearing a certain type of clothing. When I first started working out, I started working out in community college. I took it as a credit. So it was like part of my like work for college. Um, I had like $20 shoes, like $5 leggings and a shirt that I got from like a hand-me-down, you know? And so that can be a huge barrier for people feeling like they don't have the right clothing to wear. And I know that there's like often jokes around people wearing certain things to the gym or like who would wear that to the gym. And it's like, well, if you don't have workout clothes, that's what you wear. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's, there's really even down to like smaller things like, Oh, well, planet fitness is only $10 a month or whatever. Yeah, but you have to put a card on file and you have to, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot going into it. So I believe that online fitness has made it more accessible. My membership, I have two tiers of my membership. Um, the first is 40 well, $39. The second 
is like $59. Um, and the $59 supplements the scholarship people that I have in my membership. So there is a scholarship application for my membership. I take on people for $0 or $20. So there's different tiers to my membership based on people's needs because I don't really want finances to be the barrier for people engaging in joyful movement because there's so few opportunities for that right now anyway. I don't want to take it away based on the fact that they didn't have enough money to enroll in that. Um, That's on that. There's a huge financial disparity And like you said, when you're maybe not socioeconomically as stable, maybe you're working multiple jobs. When are you working out? When are you hitting these classes? How am I going to a boxing class and it's $32? Like Mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. That is not, even for me, I'm like, excuse me? I had friends that worked there. I was like, can I get a guest pass? Like $32 Mm -hmm. is a ton of money. So those boutique style, especially when it comes to bar, bar classes can be $35. They could be $50 per class. When it comes to a boutique style workout, that's why we see that lack of diversity in there because people, number one, don't see themselves reflected. Number two, feel like that is not attainable to them. Like, I'm sorry, I can't work out like five times a week at $35. Listen, no. That's a lot of money. Yeah, the money, the time, getting there, leaving there, whatever. Like it's yeah, feeling like I have appropriate like clothing. Like, do you have bar socks? Like, they're just little socks, mm-hmm. and they're just twelve dollars. But just twelve dollars adds up for people. So, all of yeah. those things are something that I try to keep in mind, which is why I love my membership because I'm like, I don't care where in the world you are. If you can log in and you can watch this video, you could be in the tightest space of your kitchen, your smallest (laughs) kitchen in the world, and you can still do this class. And that's what I've been really focused on is trying to bring people in no matter where they are, no matter what they're wearing, you know, all of that. And I think like that really helps like build community and community that feels like actually connected, right? Like Uh uh when you tell people like they can come as they are and actually mean it, it's life-changing and like people I imagine that when people are coming to your class yeah they're coming for movement but they're also coming for like that feeling of like we're all doing this despite that the world is burning we're all we talk about it we talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. we talk about that collective feeling and like protecting this virtual container that is with people clap for your virtual classmates like Mm-hmm. enjoy that you're in this space with other people enjoy that like maybe it feels like your legs are on fire and so is that other person in that little square who doesn't even have their camera on yeah. <laughs> they are there with you so yeah I, I love the container that I have created I know that so many people have opened up and opened their minds to doing different types of movement during this time because either they felt like they had to, which there was a lot of messaging around that we had to be moving during this time, mm-hmm. during when the world is burning. Um, yeah, like, they, like, despite like, hey, people may be really suffering, like let's not make them feel like gaining some weight is bad. Uh, like, wow, I know. I've, <laughs> I've had like a lot of, uh, I've had some heated conversations on the internet about that because people did not like that I had some stuff to say about that. But I was like, literally, if this is what you're still worried about, like we are not the same type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and, you know, there's like a lot that goes into that, but I just feel like if you're a fitness instructor or you're doing fitness on your account, or you're talking about fitness at any point, and you are putting that on people in the middle of, and we're in the middle of it still, because mm-hmm. who knows, mm-hmm. but in the middle of all this, it's just like, what are you doing? Where are your priorities? Where is the humanity in this? Yes, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have a lot of feelings about uh, <laughs> people feeling pressured to work out, but I'm glad if they do feel pressured, they come to me where I'm like, Hey, if you want to lay on the floor for the next 20 minutes, see you at the end, um, <laughs> you know, like you have permission. And I think that's, that's the other really important thing about fitness and about being in your body, no matter what size it is, it's just feeling like you have permission to do what you want with your body. And that's not, going to impact your worth and it's not going to impact anything working out for sure can feel like depending on who you're working out with or what messaging you're hearing it can feel like you're like you're doing movements but you're like losing your bodily autonomy because of like right because like i'm in control of you yeah Like, like like where where it's coming from versus like movement whether you're working out doing bar walking whatever the case is should feel like something that you want to do and something that you can stop doing or keep doing or do slow, fast or whatever, whenever you choose to do it. And I think like that brings the joy, like you said, into the, to the joyful movement. And not every movement session. I'm sure you know this from doing your, yes. like, why? why Sometimes your I body here? is not matching up. Yeah. And that's okay. Like not every session needs to be, a hundred percent or 110 percent like it doesn't even need to be a hundred percent you can just show up and yeah sometimes showing up is the hard part but sometimes you get halfway through the workout and realize like yes the hard part is actually the workout i am dying (laughs) and and just knowing that you have the freedom to choose to stop and like choose to rest because rest is part of that and rest is part of this work like it's it's really it makes everything it makes everything so much better. <laughs> and yeah. it's one last thing that I would love to get your thoughts on. Okay. And it's kind of like related to our conversation um, prior to this recording. Um, and we were just talking about like our businesses and like um, specifically like how the fitness world and the birth world is like historically in a space where like if you decide to be a professional or a practitioner in that world, you should expect to not be like financially stable. You should expect to, you know, never get paid your worth. Like it's like this, these kind of ideas that are, I think specifically in like care professions, especially when you're a person of color more than mm-hmm. anything else. Right. Like when I see like doulas and, and midwives, especially that are not people of color in a birth world, people don't expect them to be a martyr or to not like have what they need financially in their life to, you know, to be okay. Yeah. But they're definitely with like that kind of like expectation put on me as a black person in a birth world. And we just talked about like the similarities around that in, in fitness. So I guess like, is there anything that you would like to share for people who want to get into the fitness world who are black, brown, fat, different, queer, whatever it is, um, just any advice that you have for them and yeah, just your thoughts on that. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, like we talked about, I definitely spent a good amount of time getting a lot of, or doing a lot of free work, but that free work was an exchange for trade. 
and the trade was for a learned experience. So I think there is like some, there is a lot of value in finding people to work with who maybe you're not getting paid a ton, but you're learning a ton. When it comes to getting into fitness, and I'm sure, again, it's the same across many things. There are certifications and there are things that become barriers or can feel like barriers or can feel like really exclusive. I'm doing another certification right now and I'm like rolling my eyes at a lot of it. I'm getting the information that I need and I'm leaving the stuff that is not serving me or my clients behind. And I think creating your identity and realizing that you have something to say within this space will help you feel solid about your worth and your worth, your worth in the space, Mm -hmm. like how much people are willing to pay you, not your actual inherent worth. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, you learn and you grow and there should be space for you to continue to grow if this is your career. So while you may start out not making a ton of money, and I'm not telling you, you have to start there. You can absolutely start by making a ton of money. You are allowed. But if you want to start out small and you're teaching one class and you're only, you know, you're only making money from one class, that's great. Use that experience to learn and use that experience to expand, but be willing to realize when that one class is no longer serving you anymore because you are worth more than that one class with the knowledge you've acquired. It's not about the 45 minutes I'm teaching you in class. It's about the years that I've spent teaching other people to help you in that 45 minutes of the class. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think really building yourself up and creating that knowledge and finding knowledge that's out there, maybe through certification, maybe through other people, maybe it's like a mentorship, maybe it's, you know, all of those things. And really thinking about who you want to work with, who's your ideal client. In my world, I'm my ideal client. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think about myself when I plan these workouts and I'm, I'm just like, what would I hate but be able to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I put mm-hmm. it into place and I challenge myself and I challenge other people, but I don't lead them to some place where I wouldn't be willing to go myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to people, like, again, people who are disabled working in fitness, like that voice is so valuable because other people need that or people who are queer and promoting this identity that, you can come as you are and be valued. You can show up in whatever clothing you want and be valued here. Like your experience and you're learning something from people who come to your class. So value those people and create that space. I really love the space I've created. I'm really excited about it. I have (laughs) some amazing people in there and I learn from them and they are valuable to me because I learn from them and what they ask me and the questions that they have. And then I go back and I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) So really, like, it's a continual process. Maybe next year I'll be someplace completely different. Actually, not maybe. Next year I will be somewhere completely different. Yes, we talked about that. That Every year I'm somewhere completely different, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that when you're trying to break into this, maybe you follow the rules for a little bit until you start realizing where your rules are. And you can create those boundaries that part and it's really like what I'm hearing the two things that I really appreciated was like not under undervaluing your lived experience right like there are these certifications there's this there's that but also like your lived experience is just as valuable if not more valuable um and you know that part that you said like I think as as people of color as people with you know marginalized identities 
like it, it, it's like we we have this thing where when we go into any system, whether it's fitness, birth, whatever it is, but we have to learn that system just to kind of see what it's about, see how mm-hmm. we can maneuver in it, and then we go and fuck it up, right? Like, okay, we can drop that rule. And then yeah, I don't like this, so I'm not yeah. gonna keep it. <laughs> I'm gonna now change this so that this is more accessible to the people that I'm serving, my actual audience. Um, and I think like that is amazing so and so necessary and so mm-hmm. individual which is why once again like I feel like I can be in my lane and other fit pros can be in their lane and because they have a different experience and they're having a different experience mm-hmm. and their information is definitely valuable to me because I might not be there like I might not be seeing it through them through the, through their eyes through their experience and there's no competition between that because you can just learn. Like, yes. you just learn. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm always collaboration over competition. It's like and there's a lot to collaborate with. Yeah. We're, I know. We're <laughs> <field."> <laughs> exactly. People are like, this is not a birth podcast. What is this? <laughs> it's like, no, because your clients may want to do some movement, right? Like, all this shit is connected. Like, everything to me. It starts with birth. And like, that was one of the things where I was like moving into like who I am now versus like when I was like, I have to like, everything that I do has to be like obviously tied to birth for Mm -hmm. it to make sense. Right. And I'm like, no, like everything starts at birth. Every fucking thing. Right. Everyone has been born at birth. Yeah. (laughs) Whether it's like an idea to become a personal trainer, whether it's whatever it is, it's it's a birth of like a seed that is planted like everything starts at birth and you know I leave from there I'm like everything is connected we can't just be in this tight world we have to like open our minds and I bring people on like you who can like open our minds and can reach people and explain things that I don't fucking know (laughs) I love this I love the cross connections here seriously because I do think they are so valuable to people and like you said we're both serving clientele that come from all walks of life so we, you know, having that wide network of people to be like, oh, you know what? I don't know anything about this. <laughs> I don't. If someone's coming to me and they want advice on birth, I'm not the yeah. one. I can tell you exactly what workout you should and shouldn't do. I can give you variations and modifications, but you got other questions. It's not me. So, Word. <laughs> like, Word. It's real. And people ask me fitness stuff. I'm like, I don't know. Should I, should I work out like this? You're like, I work out with a mirror. Yeah. Home. Dang, that's some real shit. But <laughs> I want to thank you for your time today and thank you for our like pre-recorded recording conversation and our conversation that we had here, knowing that we're gonna have many more to come. Um and thank you for being here and I hope that you had a good time. Yes, you are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I got like a ton of energy from this conversation. Uh, I usually have a lot of energy anyway, but I got a lot of energy from this conversation. Uh, also, I feel, can you tell people how to reach you? Yes. So um, I am Lauren Lavelle Fitness on Instagram at Lauren Lavelle Fitness. Lavelle is spelled like leave, L-E-A-V-E-L-L. And also the same thing. My website is Lauren Lavelle Fitness. Um, you can find me online. My membership is Level Up Fitness. <laughs> and um, But all of that's connected. So if you find me on Instagram or if you find me on my website, you will find my membership and you should definitely join. All are welcome. Definitely. And bar is a challenge. It's a good challenge, y'all. 
But Lauren knows that it burns. So she's like, okay, we're going to do it one more time. And you're like, damn it. She's like, you probably hate me right now. But it's okay. We're still moving. I just keep a smile on my face. And people just really don't like that either. They're like, she has lost it. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much. And hopefully we will talk again soon. Yes, can't wait.